You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, where it's all about helping you grow your Denver real estate portfolio. Here's your host, Chris Lopez. Hey everyone, Chris Lopez here, and welcome back to another deal analysis in our deal analysis blitz that we're doing currently. So today's property is going to be discussing a rental property that is a condo that we helped the client buy in Aurora. But this one has a value-add upside by converting the second living space or the second living room into a fourth bedroom. So we always love it when we see plays like this. I mean, we don't see a lot of these, but we always get a, usually a couple a year. And they can actually do some really great things to the numbers and also just provide some great flexibility for minimal cost out of pocket and minimal work needed and really, really low risk. So as you guys know, Aurora condos are typically the best cash flowing investment properties that we're currently seeing in the Denver market. So with me today to talk about this deal is Preston Newberry. Preston, glad to have you on. Hey, thanks, Chris. Here and uh, going to be fun to chat about this deal that we did. Yeah. So the profile of the investors here, uh, like a lot of clients, they are business owners and they are just looking to build a rental portfolio for their long-term retirement planning. They invest in the stock market. Uh, they believe in the stock market, but they also want to have diversification outside the stock market, just like Press and I do as well. So one of the things that helps us with these deals is that they are very, very fast decision makers, which helped them win this deal because this was a definitely an above average property that we saw here. So no surprise here, this property came off the MLS, which is where we have found 68% of our rental properties in the last 12 months. And this property closed in quarter one of 2020. So, Preston, why don't you run us through the investment property details? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, this is again is in a complex that we uh, we've done some deals on before, so we know it well. Um, the property manager that these clients work with really likes this complex as well. They they know the numbers over there, and they know um, you know everybody in the HOA. So, it just is a really uh, congruent and uh, good place to be. So, this was a three bedroom, two bath unit. Um, and fact about this complex and something that we've kind of learned over the last couple of years is that the end unit um, properties in these complexes uh, have a little bit different layout, obviously, than some of the interior units. And they have a little bit more square footage and the ability to uh, take one of the loose spaces in the basement and build it out into a fourth bedroom. So when Chris talks about the value add play, that's what we see. And there's a couple different uh, complexes and, and layouts around town that allow for this. And as soon as we see those come up, we always like to jump in and check them out. So uh, this one was actually uh, a brand new flip. So it was in really, really good shape. Uh, it was listed just under $260,000. Um, we uh, offered basically at list price. Uh, but the nice thing about the clients we're working with is they're very understanding and easy to work with. And they know, you know, basically not to go in and, and nitpick on a bunch of inspection stuff. So they actually did a self-inspection on this unit um, and came back with really nothing to report, uh, if I remember correctly. And so this was kind of just a slam dunk, home run, super easy deal. Yep. Uh, we found this one, yeah, like Chris said, on the MLS. Um, and as soon as it came up, we knew we had to go check it out because the photos were great. They had done a great job staging it. So we wanted to make sure that real life matched what the pictures look like. And as I mentioned in previous uh, episodes that we, you know, buying flip properties is not a, it's not a rare thing for us. And there's two types of flip properties. There are good flip properties and there's 
poor flip properties. So the poor flip properties are the ones where, you know, just they did not do a good job remodeling it. Those we stay away from. And, you know, we can't always tell from the photos, but go walk them. And usually within about two or three minutes, you can tell, hey, it's a good property flip or it's a poor property flip. So this was a good property flip, as Preston mentioned. So we like that uh, because the reality is for a lot of these flip properties that are remodeled and ready to go, they don't sell for that much more than properties that need some work and that might be dated. So for a little bit more money, uh, which usually doesn't take much more money as a, from a down payment or from a monthly cash flow perspective, you get a property that should have lower maintenance for the years to come and then should always command higher rent. Uh, and if the market ever does, you know, uh, turn south, you have more options for commanding, uh, you know, better tenants, because if there's more properties for rent out there, well, someone's going to want to rent a nice property versus a property that was, you know, last updated in 1989. So we really like buying rehab properties. Uh, and that's one of the ones I bought last year, just because those numbers can make a lot of sense. So our clients did a 30-year conventional loan. And since this is a condo complex, it required a 25% down payment. When we got to when we got the appraisal back, we were happy to see that the appraisal came in at above what the list price was. That's always great news. Zero seller concessions because our property was well done. And there's no PMI because we put 25% down. And their clients did not purchase their interest rate down. So what we're going to do now is run through some numbers. So I plugged the numbers into Joe's spreadsheet here and took a few screenshots. So if you want a copy of this, email me, or you can always visit the website. Just click on the show notes link, and it'll take you to a page with these screenshots in there so you can see all the numbers for yourself, because we do cover them pretty fast. So as we said before, we put 25% down for the down payment percentage. The purchase price was at $259,000. Acquisition costs were just under $2,100. So you'll see sometimes we have those up at five or $6,000, and that's often because that is uh, for when the person is actually buying the interest rate down. Well, since they did not buy the interest rate down, uh, you know they don't have a ton of acquisition costs. They have their appraisal. They have uh, the title fees, some closing fees, uh, you know all those other transaction fees with real estate. So that was just over $2,000, plus their loan costs were about $1,500 for the lender they used. You plug in the down payment of just under $65,000 means that they were all in for just over $68,000 for the property. So we uh, they got a 5% interest rate over 30 years, and they are going to expect uh, $2,050 in rent. And actually, that's what they got, right, Preston? That is what they got, Chris. Yeah. That was something I was going to say. They actually didn't end up doing the fourth bedroom because the property was in such good shape and everything was brand new. They didn't want to go in and do a bunch of construction in there. So there's still some upside for them um, at some point here in the future when they go to turn the unit again and they'll be able to close in that fourth bedroom and build everything out for you know a few thousand dollars. And I would imagine they'll be somewhere in that um, $2,300 to $2,400 a month rent number. So what, um, you know, what's, what type of work needs to be done to convert that living space into a bedroom? Like how hard is it? How much do you think it'll cost? Yeah, like I said, I think you're probably looking around maybe $2,000 to $3,000 at the most. Basically, all you have to do is, is go in and uh, enclose one 
one doorway. Um, it's walled in on everywhere. It's just got an open uh, open entryway into this living area, which is also next to another bedroom. So um, you can basically put a, a diagonal wall with a doorway in there. Uh, it's pretty pretty easy framing and some drywall and uh, running a few few vents and things like that, but nothing crazy. So there's definitely some upside there and not something that uh, is super difficult to take care of. Yeah. And that's the reason we really like, as Preston said earlier, there's a few complexes we know that just as we've walked properties, we say, oh, hey, there's a way to add a third or a fourth bedroom. And we always keep our eyes out for those properties because uh, they can give you some really good numbers. So, and this is just another great example of it. So going on with the rest of the spreadsheet, we selected yes to property management. They are using uh, our preferred property manager. So she, her actual fee is about 7%, uh, but we put in 10% just to round up for some other cost. Since it is an HOA, we put in 5% for the re monthly repairs and reserves. And between the fact that it's an HOA as a good remodel property, I mean, it might even be below 5% for the first year or two. Obviously, it depends on what tenants do because uh, an amazing thing happens when tenants go into places, things break and they'd be repaired, but that's just part of being a landlord. So there is an HOA and their monthly HOA dues are $318 a month. Annual taxes are about $1,570 and their annual property insurance is just under $370. So as far as utilities, I mean, HOA pays for everything except for the electric bill and that's something tenants pay for themselves. So looking at the last tab here, or I should say the cash flow tab on Joe's spreadsheet, their annual expenses are about $9,500 for the year. Subtract that from their annual rent, and that leaves them a net operating income of about $14,400. Now, underneath that, we're going to subtract out their mortgage payments. So their mortgage balance is $194,000 at a 5% interest rate. That's $1,042 a month. Now, that's just for the principal and interest. Now, even though they're paying their, most likely their taxes and their insurance, you know, part of their monthly payment, we've already accounted for that in the additional fields for the annual operating data. So we subtract the annual mortgage payments, about $12,500 from the net operating income, and that leaves us with cash flow before taxes at just about $2,000 for the year. So that's a 2.8% cash on cash return and a 5.6% cap rate. So overall, I mean, this is a solid rental, but when you consider the fact that it's remodeled and there's that value add play to create a fourth bedroom, I mean, this is just a solid long-term deal. What are your thoughts, Preston? Yeah, this is a great deal, Chris. And that's the thing. I mean, if you look at, you know, the cap rate or the cash on cash as, as your only modes of, of determining, you know, how well a property is going to perform. I think that, you know, bigger picture there and the fact that this place is not going to have any major CapEx expenses for a long time. Um, you know, all the appliances are new, the water heater, the furnace, all the major systems are good and ready to go. The fact that you can purchase a property that's still going to cash flow and is in great shape is something else you need to consider whenever you're looking at how to evaluate, you know, what fits your profile and what kind of properties you're looking at. I mean, I would buy one of these properties in a heartbeat. I mean, I just like the location, like the complex. I mean, you've talked about it too, Preston. They're just great yep. long-term buys. They're great long-term buys. You know you're always going to have a good tenant selection in these areas. And, and like you mentioned before, the fact that this property had been updated and renovated is going to put you above the other properties in the market if and when there ever is uh, you know, a lot more competition or surplus uh, rental properties. 
So to kind of wrap up this deal, and I always like to put it into the context of the bigger picture, because we talked about the numbers. Now let's take a step back and look at the big picture. So I think everyone knows out there, you know, we're very bullish on Denver. Denver has got great prospects for price and rent appreciation over the next, you know, 20 years or so. So like a lot of our clients, they're not looking to have, you know, live off the cash for the day or even tomorrow. This is part of their longer term planning for building a rental retirement portfolio. And their time horizon is, you know, 10 plus years out. Obviously, the sooner the better. But, you know, just with everything else, the time horizon is 10 plus years out. So when you get that longer term time horizon, it gives you lots of options you can do uh, and also different ways to think about the property, especially when you consider it in uh, the Denver market, since we generally can expect realistically price appreciation and rental appreciation that changes what properties what you can do with the properties in year three four five six seven and eight so like a lot of our clients they may hold on this property for a long time they may do a cash out refinance a few years or they may do sell it and do a 1031 all kind of depends on how their portfolio is performing how it's matching up with their goals how many more properties do they need to get to their retirement goal and what the property is doing in context with the market. Because sometimes properties become, they stay great rental properties, and sometimes they're no longer great rental property. So you take your equity from that property, and then you go buy a different rental property around town. So overall, I like this as an investment today, and that longer-term perspective of how this can help them build their retirement portfolio one day. Preston, you got any final thoughts before we wrap up here? No, I think that. Chris, and, you know, I think we've touched on a lot of different things, you know, analyzing this, this property and the different ways that people can, you know, find a property that fits into their profile and their portfolio and just making sure that clients understand that, you know, looking at the long term and not getting too wrapped up in, in the super minute numbers is really going to allow you to succeed as you, you know, move on down the road and, and look to build retirement and wealth through real estate. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. As always, if you have questions on this deal analysis, reach out. If you want to see the spreadsheet, reach out. If you need help on analyzing properties or you want to go out there and build your rental portfolio yourself, reach out to us. What we always like to do with our clients is, you know, we usually do a quick phone call in the beginning and then send some resources over, have you gather some information. And then we like to sit down uh, either face-to-face or over a Zoom conference call and actually do just spend an hour and do a very in-depth investment strategy session. Hey, what are your goals? What capital do you have? What's your risk tolerance? What options can you do in terms of investing? What's your monthly savings rate? And that allows us to put together a plan so we can go out there and put the big plan together and then go out there and start executing and buying your first or your next rental property. So all the details are at denverinvestmentrealestate.com. I appreciate you listening. And Preston, thank you. Thank you, Chris. It was fun.